We have a one-verse message today. We're going to continue our, our um, I mean, we'll talk about other scripture, but we have one verse. One verse, Ephesians 6.18. And it says this, Praying at all times, in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Father, as we uh, explore prayer again for a fourth week, help us to uh, help us to crave something more, to want something more out of our prayer life, to desire to commune with you in a deeper, meaningful, uh, more type of way. Lord, we uh, we believe that prayer is the primary work of your people, and we want to engage in that the best we can. Lord, help the words this morning to be your words, your truth what you want our church to, to know and to be inspired by and to, to grow from. We love you. Amen. So what have we talked about so far? We, uh, the first week I, we did the whole reframing of prayer, and I said let's, 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 uh, let's reframe the way in which we think of prayer, right? We talked about the tabernacle and the presence and, and the, the dwelling of God within you and that you are a temple and that communicating with the Lord is way easier than we think because because the Spirit of God is in us and dwelling within us. And so as He makes a home and a habitat within you, are, are you then creating an environment where you have ease of access to who God is and, and, and that access through our prayer? And so we spent some time kind of re, reframing what prayer looks like. And we put some stuff on here, what we think of prayer when we, when we think about prayer. The next week we talked about expectations. And we... And we're going to continue to write expectations on the wall here on these pieces of paper. And if we need to add more paper, we're going to do, be in prayer this week and then two more weeks. Um, expect, what do you expect from God? And we, that's not an arrogant thing. When you pray, here's the phrase. When you pray, what do you expect to happen? Why pray if you don't expect anything to happen? And so the, the point I was trying to make that, that Sunday was we need to pray expecting God to move because He wants us to be aligned with His will. And alignment is more important than the outcome. The outcomes are outcomes and they're going to come and we don't ignore them. But when we pray expecting what he, God to do something, we're aligning with Him. And he, He's slowly shaping us into His image and who He wants us to be. And our prayers begin to reflect that. But still, what do we want God to do? What do you want from Him? We looked at John 14. And at the end of like verse 6 and 7, Jesus says, ask anything in my name and I'll give it to you. Anything. Then last week, Chris and Mark shared on, on healing and fasting, which was fantastic. Just kind of driving home these, these components within our prayer lives of fasting and, and, and how there's a physical, a physical response to God. Like when we remove something, we're responding to God physically. And then Mark talking about healing and some of his struggle and, and, and how, I mean, that poignant thing, he says, maybe Beth is going to be healed when she dies. And how hard that was. And so we're wrestling with that idea of fasting and healing. And so then today, one verse. And Paul gives us this large picture of what we should be praying like. Seven things. He says to do in one verse. Seven things. And I'm going to give them to you, but that's not going to be the meat of the message today. 
Paul gives us seven focuses in prayer from Ephesians 6.18. I'm going to give them to you right now. Pray at all times. If it's in you, give a bulletin or a pamphlet or a Bible swag or, um, I don't know, what else do you want to call that? We can call it all kinds of things. It's fun. I just like to, I stand there and hand you stuff. I'm like the guy in the street corner trying to get you to come to, come to my event, right? Here's my, we have this concert happening. Here's, here's a free ticket in. That's what the pamphlet is. So the bulletin, um, the program, the, uh, <laughs> the playbook. Some people call it, call it the worship guide. We call it a tradition. We just have to do it because you're not a church unless you have some sort of piece of paper you hand to somebody when they walk in. That's right. So Paul gives us seven focuses. This is in your bulletin from, uh, on prayer from Ephesians 6.18. He says, pray at all times. So one of those focuses, you need to be praying at all times. And he references that in other passages. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. There's other verses within his writings that, that reinforce praying at all times. Number two is pray in the Spirit. That's going to be the meat of the message today. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? He says, pray all types of prayers. Pray all types of prayers. And, and you, go in your brain. What do you think? There's prayers of healing. There's prayers of, of, uh, of, of expectation. There's prayers of, of confession. There's prayers of praise. There's prayers of thanksgiving. There's prayers of just requesting things of the Lord. Supplication. Pray all types of requests is number four. Pray all types of requests. There's nothing under the sun, Paul is saying, that you shouldn't be asking for. Pray all types of requests. Number five is when you pray, Paul says, keep alert. Keep alert. Are you being aware of your surroundings? Number six. Pray with perseverance. Continually praying, even though it's hard and difficult and tough and tiring. You can feel worn out. You feel like nothing's happening. Pray with perseverance. And number seven of the seven things that I'm pulling from this one verse that Paul says to do uh, focus within prayer is intercede for the saints. Pray for all the saints. Keep praying. Okay. I could just be done. You guys know all those things? It's over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to track back. We're going to focus some time on praying in the Spirit, but I want to say this first. Keep praying and watching. It's not a coincidence or an accident that Paul adds this verse at the end of his armor of God passage. He gives all the tools and all the weapons and all the different things that you need to, to equip in order to fight off the evil one. In order to repel Satan and his schemes. And then he, he capstones it with this pray passage. This one pray verse. He's asking you to fight. Here are the tools. Now fight. Our warfare against Satan's forces calls us for serious and continued prayer. This means praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, with all perseverance for all the saints. Prayer is not viewed as just another spiritual weapon, 
but as the very act of battle itself. As we work together, now this is a weird phrase, as we work together with God to gain victory in our own lives and for the lives of others. See, prayer is the battle itself. It's not all the other stuff. It's not all the other tools. We are actually fighting when we pray. We are in a war against the unseen realm, against the evil one when we pray. We are stopping what we're doing and we're beginning to enter into a fight. What happens that the... What happens when the name comes to mind or, or, or like there's a struggle that comes to mind or like somebody you inter- encounter somebody and you're like, the Lord puts on your heart. He gives you this nudge to say, I need to pray for that person. That's the Spirit of God saying, engage in the battle. Fight in this battle. I've given you the tools of salvation. I've given you the tools of faith. I've given you the breastplate of righteousness. I've given you all of these, the, the, the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God. I've given you all of these Tools to equip yourself with. Now fight! That's what prayer is. There's that holy nudge. You guys know what I'm talking about where you, you encounter somebody and you're like, how did God make me encounter that person? And then they tell you something that's going on in their life. And we have that apprehension where you're like, should I, should I go, should I pray for them right now? Or should I put that in my pocket and pray for them later? And that's, that, that's that opportunity where the Spirit of God is saying, fight with me. Fight with me. This person needs me. Fight. Intercede. You know that feeling? Anybody have that feeling? You know what I'm talking about? The Lord helps us to encounter those people all the time. Or you're sitting at work, or you're sitting at home, or you're doing dishes, and a person that you haven't thought about in a decade flashes through your brain. And you're like, why did I think about that person? I'm going to ask you, as your pastor, to say, how can I pray for that person instantly? How can you engage in the battle for them? Regardless if there's something negative going on in their life. How can you bless them? How can you ask the Lord to, to make His presence known to them? How can you engage? That's what, that's what Paul's asking us to hear, here, to do here. Is pray, because that's the battle. That's the fight. But I, I'm going to ask you this question. Does prayer hard work for you? Does it feel like work for you? How can we continue individually, and as a church to fight forward in prayer. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5. Picking up at verse 6. Let your imagination go crazy here. This is some nutty stuff. But this is what our God is. So I want you to hear this. Read along with me. And then I'm going to give you some opportunities to engage within the sermon while I talk. 
verse 6, and between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp. Now focus in here. Each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you have ransomed the people of God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering in myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and they worshipped. What a crazy scene! That's a picture of heaven and what's happening. And what are the elders doing? They're, they have this bowl filled with incense. And it's what? The prayers of the saints. In heaven, the prayers of the saints are being stored up in bowls where the people that are closest to God are putting them before Him saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to open this scroll and to answer and to receive these prayers so that His glory can spread across the earth and every tribe, every tongue, every nation, everyone on earth, above the earth, under the earth, and in the sea will know He is King. Our prayers are at the center of that experience. They're at the center of the very action of the beginning of the end to where we're going to be united and commune with God in heaven forever and ever. Our prayers are sitting right there. Think about the power of that. All of this activity and action that's happening, everything that's going on up until this point is centered around this bowl filled with the prayers of the saints. And Jesus responds and they worship. That's a powerful scene. It's a powerful scene. So yeah, pray. Crave something more. Because at the center of heaven, there's a bowl filled with those prayer requests.
do we do with that? It's hard, right? I want to respond to that. I want to, like, I need to do something. So, I'm creating, I'm going to, I'm going to, preach a little bit more, but I want you um, I want you to freely come up here and whatever is on your heart, whatever you're requesting, whatever whatever you need to confess, I want you to write. Maybe you need to come and get a piece of paper and a marker and go back to your seat um, and write it down and then bring it to the Lord. So I've fashioned a a quasi-altar. I want you to freely come and put your prayers in our bowl. They're not going to be looked at. I'm not going to look at them. But I I want you to begin to think about when we pray, we're filling this bowl up in heaven. And the elders are bringing it to the Lamb and saying, you're the only one worthy. This is all for you, Jesus, the King. So there's a, there's a once again, I'm using Chris's term, there's a physical response, I think, that God's asking us regularly to have. It's easy to sit and listen to a guy talk. Sometimes it's difficult to listen to a guy talk, but it's we can drift in and out. And I want to change that paradigm for us as a church to say, within the midst of us teaching, we're going to react and respond. And we're going to have the freedom to respond to what the Word of God says. We're going to have the freedom to say, I expect God you to do this. I'm praying. I'm seeking you. I want you. So I'm going to write it on the wall and everybody can see it. I want this person to come to know Jesus. So I'm going to write their name on our prayer board and say, I want this person to come to know Jesus. Because I'm responding and reacting to the things that are happening in this room. See, church is not designed for a guy to stand up and deliver information to you so that you can sit and receive. Sure, there's a component of that, but you need to react and respond. There needs to be a physical response. So I want to set the stage for that and give you freedom for that. So that you can come forward and say, yes, I want to put this in the bowl. I want the elders in heaven to see and hear and feel and just fill up this bowl with prayer, my prayer request. So, I want to give you freedom to do that. Um, Davian, is the computer open right now? Do a YouTube search right now. We're going to try something new. Do a YouTube search right now. Uh, type in soaking worship. It should be like a screen, like a mountain screen with a stream. You see it? We're not going to play it up there on the screen, but I want you to play it and have it come through the sound. So it's going to be, once again, like kind of a backdrop of sound. So as soon as you find one, it should be like an hour of soaking worship, or three hours of soaking worship, or four hours. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to preach for that long. It just needs to start. We don't want it too loud. I'll edit all this out so nobody will really hear. This is our internal kind of conversation. When there's when there's a guy talking, backdrop with some sound, and like it just there's a there's a vibe and a and a, a feel that happens. It's not just my words echoing. Did you find it, Davian? Just hit play. Just don't put it on the screen. There we go. See if you can manage the sound. So it's just going to be synth noise. 
okay? And I'm going to preach over top of that. And it's not to do anything magical, but it, what it does is it makes it focus. It, there's, there's a science behind it. You're going to hear my words, but you're also going to hear this other thing. And in the midst of all that, you're going to feel freedom, I think, to respond. Because you know you're not interrupting me by standing up. And that's an important activity of a church that's going to live this way. We're going to live this way. This is how we're going to live. This is how we're going to do church regularly. I don't care if we're 100 people or 800 people. This is the attitude and the DNA of our church that we respond within the service to what's happening. So the two, the two things going on, my voice plus the sound, what it does is it makes you feel like you're not interrupting me, and that's good. So I'm going to continue to preach, and I want you to put your confession, put your prayer. Remember, this board is for healing. Who, do we, who are you praying for to receive healing? Um, I'm going to do one other thing. This is a, I'm changing... Um, can I get the teenage guys to do me a favor? You know where we're going to have the new prayer room? Right? Miss um, Marlita put some cushions in there. You can go into that room. There's like six or six blue cushions. I want you to go get them and bring them in here. I'm going to put them up here at the front. So if you want to come and kneel and pray, I want you to feel good about doing that. You're not going to interrupt me. And so the boys will lay them up here. So if you just need to come and pray and respond to the Lord while I'm teaching, and I want that to happen. This is for the, this wall of people that we want to see encounter Jesus for salvation. Respond to God. Now what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? I have some blanks, and you're not going to miss anything if you come up here. Unless you're one of those people, I'll give you the blank when you're done. But I, I'd rather have you respond and feel like you need to catch every blank. J. Alvob Sanders said this. Here's a secret of prevailing prayer. To pray under the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit whose petitions for us and through us are always according to His divine purpose. And hence, the certain answer of the prayer. Praying in the Holy Spirit is, is cooperation with the will of God. And that type of prayer is always victorious. Knowing God and living in His presence is the primary function of the Holy Spirit. To draw you into a knowledge and an understanding of who God is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Without the Holy Spirit, are we really praying at all? So first, praying in the Spirit is inspired prayer. Praying in the Spirit is inspired prayer. When you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, speaking through you, giving the words and aligning you with God the Father. He brings you into relationship with Him. 
That's what the Spirit of God does. So when you pray in the Spirit, like Paul is asking us to in Ephesians 6.18, you are praying a guided prayer, an inspired prayer, a led prayer. Praying in the Spirit is a prayer by a person who is led, taught, directed by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says this, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Substitute the word pray for live in step. If we pray by the Spirit, let us also pray with the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is inspired. We are not addressing some powerless God hoping for something to happen when we pray in the Spirit. We're not offering offering some sort of pious request saying, please, Lord, hear my special prayer so you will act. It's not a beautiful vocabulary that gets God to move. It's alignment with the Spirit of God. The essence of prayer is knowing and realizing that we are addressing the living and holy God that we are approaching God with awe and reverence like the writer of Hebrews said. When I pray in the Spirit, I realize the truth about God. Praying in the Spirit is transformative. Praying in the Spirit is transformative. 2 Corinthians 3, I've used this passage, I don't know, 15 times out of 30 messages. It says this, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Only through Christ is the veil removed. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is spirit. Pray in the spirit. The Lord is spirit, knowing that he... Whoops, I'm sorry. The Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's freedom. There's freedom. And we, with all unveiled face, when we've turned to the Lord with unveiled face, the veil's been removed. Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is transformative. It transforms you. It changes you from one glory to another to where you become like Christ, the indwelled Christ in your life. We tend to think that praying in the Spirit might be based on emotion or zeal or like some sort of energized experience. But the only way that we're allowed to even utter a prayer in the Spirit is by the blood of Jesus. So praying in the Spirit is always a prayer of assurance of faith. 
praying in the Spirit is filled with assurance of hope. Hebrews 10, starting with verse 19, says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is through His, Jesus' flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true heart, full of assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Praying in the Spirit is filled with assurance of faith. We don't have to be uh, timid. We don't have to be scared. We are assured by what the work of Jesus did by His blood that we can approach the throne of God, that our answered prayers are sitting in that bowl waiting to be received by the elders in heaven. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Praying in the Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. We are adopted into His family. John 1.12 says, To those who become, those who believe in God have the right to be what? His children. To be part of His family. Romans 8, starting with verse 11, says this, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Praying in the Spirit cries, Abba, Father, Dad, I need help. Dad, I need forgiveness. Dad, I need healing. Dad, I need. Praying in the Spirit is present faith. Praying in the Spirit is present faith. Prayer begins and ends with the presence of God. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, the characteristic of prayer shouldn't be beautiful. The characteristics of prayer, hear that, shouldn't be beautiful, but it should be life. He wants us to speak from the heart. Prayer in the Spirit is warm, life-giving, energizing. 
Prayer in the Spirit isn't a wild ride. It isn't ecstasy. It isn't the rattling sound of chaos. This prayer in the Spirit is directed and purposeful. If we pray in the Spirit, it's according to the mind of Christ and His will, which will be a prayer filled with faith and divine expectation. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? It means that when we put a name on this board here, we believe in faith and divine expectation that God at some point is going to run Himself into that person and force them to encounter Him and either reject or receive the promised salvation. When we, put, when we pray a prayer in the Spirit of God, we believe in faith and in power that the healing will come in this life or the next. But we're not distraught over the outcome because we've been aligned because of the indwelling of the Spirit of God. When we pray in the Spirit, our expectations match the will of God. Because we've been aligned with Him. And all of our prayers filling up that bowl, the golden bowl in heaven. It's a beautiful picture. Praying in the Spirit. It's inspired. It's transformative. It's filled with assurance of faith. It cries, Abba, Father, and it's presence-based. That's the type of prayer that the church needs to have. That's the type of prayer that we need to have. pray for us. And I think we'll just we'll soak here for a minute. Let the song play. Can I'll cut the final song. Sorry if that was your favorite song for the day. Um, and it's okay to, to begin to drift out. We have lunch together today. I don't want to I don't want to like quench somebody's time. So at some point, the people responsible for dealing with lunch need to run back there. I understand that. But I want to just give some space for us to continue to sit and uh, be okay letting God kind of soak us a little bit. So as you need to drift out and go deal with lunch, leaders who are dealing with lunch, go do it. And, uh, let me pray for us. And then uh, we'll just, I'll be the last one in here. You guys can go eat when it's time. It's still time to go eat. Father in heaven, we are grateful for your ministry and presence in this room. Continue to stir us towards a life that is craving more in prayer. Inspire us to seek you fully. Lord, teach us each day what it looks like to pray in the Spirit. 
Lord, we ask that your Spirit would indwell us regularly. That we would not quench your Spirit in our own lives. And as a church family, we would hold each other accountable and encourage one another and spur each other on. Lord, minister to us as we close this service. Lord, take us into, into a meal together. Help us to enjoy our conversation and our fellowship and, and to, to help us feel like family. Lord, we ask that you bless the food to us today. You are good and we love you. And we say we love you together. In your son's name, amen.